0: This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there.
1: i have people who don't have a budget who are like i want to short so what happened with GameStop? i'm like ma'am you're not ready for options you're not ready for shorting let's just start with this budget and just put a yes. little money in savings <laughs> yes 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 hey
0: my name is jenna kutcher and i am obsessed with all things business marketing numbers and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life Tiffany Alice, You've heard that name on the Gold Digger podcast before. She's the budget Nista, America's favorite financial educator. And she's back on the show because you can never have enough sound financial guidance and advice, right? So much has happened in the world since May of 2019 when Tiffany last joined us for a conversation about getting out of debt and actually saving money. With 2020's unique financial challenges, Tiffany has a unique approach to pursuing financial wholeness. What is financial wholeness? Where do you even begin your action plan for achieving it? We've got the expert here to speak into our financial lives for what is sure to be a conversation that is as helpful as it is fun. Let's dive on in and talk dollars with the one and only Tiffany Aliche. Thanks to BetterHelp for supporting the Gold Digger podcast. For 10% off your first month, go to betterhelp.com slash digger. Start living a better life today. My go-to platform for sending and signing contracts, tracking payments, and managing the paperwork side of my business is HoneyBook. Get started with this seamless project management system right now. Start your HoneyBook free trial, plus get 50% off your annual subscription at jennacutcher.com slash HoneyBook. All right, Tiffany, you are no stranger to the Gold Digger podcast. And I
1: hope this isn't the last time you come (laughs) on because we need more of you. So welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me, Jenna. I was like, this is definitely one of my faves. I got so many people that reached out to me after last time.
0: Oh, I'm so thankful. Your episode was one of our most downloaded episodes, which is just so characteristic of how you do things. And I'm so excited to hear. So. First, let's like catch everyone up to speed. What has changed for you since we last spoke, which was in May of 2019? Oh, I feel like
1: everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. We've lived eight <laughs> <it laughs> since yes. then. <laughs> I know. What has changed for me? I had just, business has grown tremendously. We hit our first eight figure year. So wow. That was awesome. We've just helped and served so many more women. That's my core audience. Oh, uh, what else? Like I am in pre-production. Well, I'll say pre-pre-production because I, I wrote a children's book. And so I always knew I wanted to turn it into a show and that looks like that's happening. Amazing. That's awesome. Even just a show for myself, potentially if I'd like that. When I was married then, I'm trying to think like, what else? <laughs> like it's just been, it's been it's such been a whirlwind, but, but yeah. honestly just really good things that like I've just, I've grown personally. I was just telling my best friend, Linda, I was like, I think this is the best that my interpersonal relationships have ever been. I love that. You know, like I had a hard time. My, my I was like, not really a wild child, but like semi wild. <laughs> like, so <laughs> my parents had a hard time with me. <laughs> I'll just oh, say yeah. that. And so, but our relationship is awesome. My relationship with my husband is always awesome because he's awesome. I have a stepdaughter. Our relationship is awesome. My sisters and I are always good, but I was really kind of running down the list. And I usually have like one kind of uncomfortable, but no, everything's been, you know, amazing. I've got coaching for the first time. I never, I never actually had like, I've had mentors, but like yeah. to pay for coaching. So that's helped a lot too. I've just, like I said, grown as a woman, grown as a business woman, a business person, and just like grown, grown overall. Amazing. So,
0: I love all of this. And I feel like that level of contentment shines in such a beautiful way. I think a lot of us have fought feeling that almost inner peace because we exchange it for what we believe is complacency. Mm-hmm. But I think that when you find that inner peace, which is something we're going to talk about from a financial standpoint, mm-hmm. I think it can transform so much of your life. So, can you give me a quick version of what the Budget Nista is mm-hmm. and what and who you serve with what types of Resources?
1: Sure. The Budget Nista is a financial education firm and I serve women. And my mission is to democratize access to financial education and to instill confidence in women that are capable of managing their money. And so That's what we do. So I I used to be a school teacher before I started the Budget So everything I do is through education. So whether it's books, whether it's, you know, like my online school, whether it's my podcast, Brown Ambition, whether whatever it is, I always think education first, because that's the tool that I lean into use to help women help themselves.
0: Oh. So as we look at this year, I feel like so many of us are just looking at 2021 and we, we want this like hope. We have this hope in us. Mm-hmm. What have you been seeing recently on the personal finance side of things after a year of the pandemic and a year of just questioning and uncertainty?
1: That folks are realizing that whatever they thought was safe and safety, they were incorrect. That, you know, expound on that. That's so (laughs) like
0: that right there is a mic drop moment.
1: Whoa. (laughs) So I remember like specifically like the 2008 recession, I learned that myself in that I thought being a teacher was like the safest job in the world because hello, you don't teachers don't lose their jobs until I did because my school was a nonprofit based school and they lost their funding. And so I think people are having kind of like that wake up moment, like my industry may not survive. You know, the way that I've laid out, you know, like kind of like my plans financially, actually, it's not working. I share it like this, Jen. I'm like, pretend like, you know, up until now, you've been building this boat. You know, you picked the tree, you cut it down, you like, you you hauled out the middle, you've been sanding it, you put waterproofing on it, you painted it, you even named the boat. You've been feeling so great. Like, I made a boat. It, it's so cute. Then 2020, you put that boat in the ocean. And you were like, uh-oh. There's a leak in the, in the side. I forgot about um, the waterproofing on this side. The paint is washing away. For some people, the boat literally hit yeah. the bottom of the ocean. Some people, it floated, but barely. Some people yeah. realized they had too much stuff in the boat. Some people realized, you know what? The boat actually is doing pretty good, you know? And some people, the boat did amazing. But Whatever it is, we all got to see where we stood. And so 2021, if you've made it to the shores, you dragged your boat along with you, you got to clearly see what holes or what missteps you made in when creating that boat and you get to get to fix those things now. So that's what I'm seeing is that folks are very hyper aware that, you know what, this is where I've had issues in my boat or, you know, my boat was pretty decent and I actually want to make it even better. I could put a motor on it. I can make it more aerodynamic, and so that's what I'm seeing is that people are more hyper aware of their finances than ever, ever before, and almost to the point where, like, I have people who don't have a budget who are like, "I want to short." So what happened with GameStop? I'm like, "Ma'am, you're not ready for options. You're not ready for shorting. Let's just start with this budget and just put a yes. little money in savings." <laughs> yes,
0: yes, yes. Oh, I love that though. I love the confidence. Of yes. This. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So. I was like one of the first people to just cheer you on when I saw that you have your new book, Get Good With Money, which is out tomorrow, which is insane. So let's dig into what you teach in this new book. And I want to just kind of hear like, where did the idea come from? What was the process like for you? Because launching a book is a Mm. long runway. It's a big thing. So walk me through what that felt like and how you got
1: to this idea so when i'm someone who i don't put out a thing just to put out a thing i've been asked to do i've i've self published a bunch of like little workbooks for like different like challenges and things i've had before yeah but i didn't feel like i had something not that i didn't have something to say but i just feel like i like to navigate from a place of integrity not to do something just to do something if it's not yeah. going to be helpful transformative i'm not interested so I'd been asked many, many, many times over, and I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> and then a friend of mine, Jean Chatsky, she is a financial expert. She said, You should meet my book agent, Heather. She's really awesome. I was like, Yeah, you know, because a bunch of book publishers have been reaching out to me, and I was just like, you know, what? at least let me put Heather in the back pocket. So I spoke with Heather, and she was indeed awesome, as many women ought to be, <laughs> right? And um, what I really liked is she said, you know, like what's missing out there. I was like, I don't know. She's like, you ever thought about writing like some sort of almanac? I was like, what is Heather talking about? A financial almanac, sis, that's not how that works. She was right. Um, (laughs) Because what was missing is that I realized that as I looked over the landscape, so like Beyonce has like the beehive, right? Like- But the budget, needs are weird dream catchers and there are over a million dream catchers worldwide, a hundred different countries. And despite serving all of these women for years and years and years, I remember like as a teacher, I, every once in a while I'd have this sinking feeling that it wasn't enough. And I couldn't put my finger on it, Jenna. I was just like, "Mm." because like, if a teacher is not teaching, it just, it's like, literally that's what you're here for. And I felt like I'm teaching, but. Something is wrong. And it took me a minute to figure out what it was, is that people were learning individual subjects, but they weren't taking the full course or they weren't succeeding in that grade. Like, oh, you got an A in math, but your spelling, you know, it's not so great. Oh, you know, your English is great, but you know what? Calculus is really weak. And I realized that it wasn't just them. At one point, that was me too, that I had gotten really good at specific things like a little credit here, a little savings here, but no estate planning. No financial advisor, you know, no insurance. And so I realized that that's what it was, that I was seeing my dream catchers get success in specific subject matters, but holistically they were a mess. And then I felt kind of like sick to my stomach because I realized that I'd been teaching toward financial freedom because I thought that was the answer. You know, we could all work toward financial freedom and then I achieved financial freedom and I was still a financial mess. Isn't and I was crazy? like, eh, maybe not so much. Go back, go back, go back. <laughs> <laughs> I take it back. I yeah. take it back. <laughs> and so I was like, well, what is it, Tiffany? Like, so, cause financial freedom just typically means for most people, you have enough money not to have to work anymore. And I got into that place and yet I was more terrified than ever before. And yet I felt more unstable than ever before. And I was like, but I don't get it. I did all the things like yes. I, you know, I got the good grades. I saved the money. I did the things. Why am I still a mess? And I asked myself, when's the last time that you didn't feel a financial mess? And I thought, hmm, when I was 25, I felt awesome. I was yep. making like $40,000 a year as a preschool teacher. I'd been working like three or four years by then. I'd saved $40,000 and I put down uh, some of it as a down payment down on a condo. So I felt super grown. I had an 802 credit score. I was maxing out my retirement account. I had a financial advisor. At that time, I had no, well, I just bought the condo, but I didn't have any other debt, no credit card debt, no student loan debt. I'd pay that off. So I was like checking off. So I felt, although I didn't have a ton of money and relatively speaking, like, you know, with like where I am yeah. now, you know, I wasn't making a ton, but I felt really solid. And I thought, well, how do I get back? Which is so crazy. How do I get back to 25 year old Tiffany? I'm 40 now. You know, how do I get back to that feeling? And I realized, Tiffany, financial freedom is not enough. It's kind of a lie that really you should be looking at your money holistically. And I started to realize what that Tiffany had was financial wholeness. All 10 aspects of her financial life were in order you know, wow. and they were working congruently for this amazing, solid base for herself. She had the financial fundamentals really solid. And then at 26, I destroyed it all because, you know, that's what 26 years old <laughs> are, are up to do. But well, that's another story, right? But at least up until then, yeah. I I was super, I was like a house in California, like let an earthquake come. I was, yeah. I was solid Stop and solid. unshakable. But I knew for a fact that, like almost forty Tiffany, although she had a bunch of money set aside more than twenty five year old Tiffany that there was almost nothing else, and that any little gust of wind was gonna knock down my financial house. I knew it, and so that's why I wrote the book because, as I built myself to financial wholeness and thankfully, right before recession pandemic quarantine hit, you know, I got to this really solid place of a hundred percent financial wholeness, I realized that like. What for me, when I know a thing, I must teach a thing. I am not right. capable of keeping a thing to myself. Much yeah. to my sisters' unfortunately. <laughs> I used to be like. They're like Tiffany, shut up! It's time for bed. I'm like, and then another. Here's thing. the lesson. <laughs> <laughs> People think like all the time, like, oh, I don't want to bother you if I saw you at the supermarket. I'm like. No, Bothered I'm like, let's can I just and talk money. Like we got a notebook. So let me tell you a little bit about credit. <laughs> oh
0: my gosh! Oh you know, I've been thinking about this so much where it's like, if you're going to choose a life of entrepreneurship or leadership, mm-hmm. you've got to be prepared to be a walking contradiction at yeah. times, because if you are a person who is a student of life, who mm-hmm. is committed to growing and evolving and experimenting, you know, we're going to contradict ourselves. Yeah. And so I kind of love that you talk about like, whoa, I was contributing to this idea that mm-hmm. now I realized is a myth. Mm-hmm. And I think that's beautiful. So I want to know, like, if somebody's listening to this and they're mm-hmm. like, I want to feel that wholeness. Mm. And when I think of the word like holistic, I think of peace, like yes. harmony, like yes. everything working for the greater good. Yes. Walk me through like where would somebody even begin almost like an audit of like, how am I doing on a
1: spectrum of financial wholeness? So if you go to getgoodwithmoney.com, I actually have a financial homeless quiz. Love it. It's a two-minute quiz, and it's going to tell you where you stand in two minutes. And so I'll quickly go over the 10 components of financial homeless. It's your budget, savings plan, debt, debt plan, credit, learning how to earn. It's investing for both retirement and wealth. It's insurance. It is your net worth. Then it's also financial professionals having your money team and last but not least, estate planning. So these are the 10 components. And depending on where you are in life, I'll give you an example. 25-year-old Tiffany, I just bought the condo and I didn't have, well, I'll say 26-year-old Tiffany. 26-year-old Tiffany had bought the condo and had $50,000 worth of um, student loan debt because I just graduated with my master's in education. So estate planning for that Tiffany was, I wasn't married, I didn't have any kids. So it was me, I'm having my mom as my beneficiary on my bank accounts. Yep. It was, I got $300,000 worth of life insurance because I said to myself, although I'm not financially responsible for anyone, if something should happen to me, I've got the condo for 220. I've got the yeah. student loans for for 52,000. I want that if something happens to me that the people that I'm leaving behind can take care of my financial obligation. So 300,000 yeah. was more than enough. That's estate planning for 26-year-old Tiffany. 40-year-old Tiffany still had that. I was like, I have my mom on my bank accounts, and <laughs> if something said I have $300,000, i am like, ma'am, yeah. your business makes it's more true. than that in a, in a month. That is yeah. not enough. And so, yes. but do you see how with financial wholeness, it's not about reaching, all of us reaching the same level at the same time. Yeah. No, it's about depending on these five steps, depending on where you are in life, what that looks like for you. So estate planning for Tiffany now is totally different. And now I've adjusted myself to be in alignment. And so that's what I love about financial wholeness is that everyone can reach financial wholeness. Maybe only a few people will ever truly reach financial freedom and that's okay. But literally every single one can reach financial wholeness because 26 year old Tiffany can do so in a way that's age-appropriate for her, yeah. and then 40-year-old Tiffany can do so in a way that makes sense for where I am now. And so it feels good, like the teacher in me, I love to teach knowing that every student can learn. When I taught three- and four-year-olds, I used to have like this, like, okay, every kid here is going to learn their letters, their shapes, their numbers, how to write their name, and basic reading, like, you know, like sight words. You have a baby, right? Well, not baby. Yes. You know, she's the big girl right. now, <laughs> You know, some basic sight words like dog, cat, meat, yeah. dog. So I knew that I could get every kid to that. That's what financial wholeness is. Financial freedom is y'all going to learn some multiplication. Yeah. What now? Don't get me wrong. I've got a nephew and he was starting some basic multiplication when, you know, when he started turn four because, well, his mom is an engineer. His dad is a doctor. He's got like this brain for for numbers. But yeah. is that fair to teach multiplication to a preschool classroom and expect everyone to get it? No, it's not. You know, it doesn't even make sense. He's not going to need that for some time, you know, but teaching a concept that everyone can participate in, that everyone can fully enjoy, that means that all of us can have this holistic strong financial foundation, that feels right and good. And that's why I'm so excited about the the movement toward financial wholeness. It's inclusive and it's doable and it's empathetic and it's kind, especially during a time when so many financial folks teach them a place of, of shame and blame. That is not me.
0: The other day I was cleaning out my closet and I found my old file folders filled with things like contracts and timelines and invoices. Are you still sending contracts by snail mail or even through email attachments? Does your stack of paperwork keep you up at night? Do you need a system for growing your business? For creating and sending those contracts and getting signatures and sending invoices and managing project timelines and more? My go-to system is HoneyBook. Head to JennaKutcher.com slash HoneyBook for a free trial plus 50% off your annual subscription. Honeybook is the tool you need to create a real system for your invoices, contracts, messages, questionnaires, timelines and more, and it's all in one place. And the cool thing is is that it integrates with things like QuickBooks, Calendly, Google Calendar, Gmail, Zapier and other apps and tools that you might already be using in your business. Listen, full honesty here. I had all of those stacks of papers and file folders for years. They were scattered all over the place and I was just kind of saying a prayer that I didn't forget a fine detail but now I have end-to-end project tracking and all of that important paperwork in one place. Head to com slash honeybook for a free trial plus 50% off your annual subscription when you sign up. My team and I talk openly about mental health. Taking care of our mental well-being is so important, and I'm grateful that the women around me celebrate and normalize things like therapy and counseling. Sometimes things get in the way of our happiness and our peace, and I want for you to have access to get the help that you need. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp is not a crisis line self-help. It's professional counseling. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions and send a message to your counselor anytime. Depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, family conflicts, sleeping, trauma, anger, grief and self-esteem. BetterHelp works with therapists with specialties in all of these areas and more. Start living a happier life today. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash gold digger. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. That's betterhelp.com slash gold digger for 10% off your first month. I think it's so powerful when I think about what you're talking about in terms of wholeness and and how it is available for everyone. Because honestly, when I think about fear, especially fear around money, which I think is present for all of us, no matter what stage of the game you're at the fear is in the unknown, but Mm -hmm. if you approach these 10 pillars and have a plan, I feel like having that plan takes away so much of that fear and uncertainty and just having the knowledge and the basis. It's like getting your footing on ground. And Mm -hmm. I love that because I think that, you know, one of the things that shocks me about entrepreneurship is like when you're in corporate America, you sit down with an HR person and they're like, here are your 401k options. Mm -hmm. Here are your retirement options. Here's these things. If you become an entrepreneur, no one's sitting down, Mm -hmm. no one's checking it. No one's reminding you like, oh, that insurance policy is Mm -hmm. 10 years too late. And so I think it's beautiful because it really has you questioning. I'm sure people listening right now are like, wait, where am I at
1: with this? guess <laughs> like, There's nothing worse than being like the first time. So one of one of the steps in financial wholeness is nine, pick yeah. your money team. So I explained in the book, like here are some fundamental folks that might be on your money team. Everyone doesn't need this, but might be, but one of them potentially might be a certified financial planner. And so I remember when I first met with mine that I have now, her name's Anjali. It was like I was feeling good, you know. I was like, "I'm the buttonista. Hello, I have this like (laughs) successful business. She was like, "Yeah." So, if something were to happen today, your husband would be screwed. Like, 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 she's like, "Or worse yet, if someone just falls down the stairs at your housewarming, you'd be screwed." She's like, "Tiffany, you've got like you know like you've got all of these assets and literally no protection." Yeah. You know. And so what happens to your businesses if you're not here? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And so like, or just even taxes. Like I was, I mean, anybody who runs a business knows in the beginning, you're like taxes. Who's she? We don't know her. And so there was still even some (laughs) unpacking that I had to do from the beginning when I was a a hot mess and I was my own CFO because I was like, hello, I'm the money lady. Yeah. Personal finance and business finance, totally different things. Yes. And so I totally messed up so many of those things. So the unraveling, you know, learning to ask for help is probably one of the greatest acts of of self-care that you can do and not going it alone. And so like just that alone, I realized that like, okay, Tiffany, like if this is transforming your life when I tell you I feel so solid and good and not because of like a bunch of money, I yeah. feel like 25-year-old Tiffany because I know, one, where I stand, like I still, my husband and I are still finishing up our trust. So I always say like I'm 95 financially whole, but the fact yeah. that I know exactly what she be in, I have the attorney lined up because yep. I had to do the research to figure out what that what that is and and what that looks like and, and so much so that one thing I don't know like about myself is that I know that I don't know everything. Yes. And so I yeah. partner with folks who know better. And so inside the book I have people called my budget least the booster. So these are the chapters that really require a more specialized expertise. Yep. So, like, I'm not going to pretend like I'm an attorney. I'm not, unfortunately, yeah. for my parents. I'm like, you're not going <laughs> to go to law school? I'm like, it's not happening. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go to school, preschool. <laughs> and so I pulled in my attorney, Tony, uh, Tony with eyes. She's amazing. And I grilled her within the inch of her life, like, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? And what should they have in the will? And how do they find out? And how do they find yeah. an attorney? How do you pay for an attorney? Because I wanted to make sure that that chapter, the estate planning chapter, was amazing. And then I wrote it again and wrote it again and wrote it again, added what I call these budget needs to boost inside. And then I gave it back and was like, read it for me. And she was like, where were you when, when I was getting my certification? Where were you when I was yes. going to Georgetown? I think she went to Georgetown. She's like, this is the most comprehensive explanation of how to set up your estate planning that I've ever read, Tiffany. And mm. there are several chapters like that, like the insurance chapter, because I'm not an insurance agent. Yeah. But I wanted to make sure that you got the best, of the best of the best. And so, yeah, I just, what I'm really wanting for folks is what I'm always wanting for folks. Like I cannot want for myself and not want for you. I cannot want a safe, secure life, one that I can build wealth and any other dream I have on and not want the same for you. I cannot fix myself and not want to fix you too. That is literally just how I'm built. Like yeah. if I've acquired something and maybe it's because I'm one of five girls Like, my dad sometimes would, like, so we could feel special, would be like, oh, you know, Tiffany, come with us. Come with me on a a car ride with him. Maybe he was getting gas or something. So that way I would have, like, one-on-one time with him since it was always a family, a big family at home. And he would sometimes buy you, like, a treat. And Mm -hmm. without fail, we would always bring that treat back and share it with our sisters. Mm -hmm. Like, and maybe it was just me. I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, did Tracy bring her treat back? She was like, not always like, I was like, I could just distinctly remember one Snickers bar and being like, I'm splitting it five ways with my sisters. And so that's how I feel about all that I do with financial education and and the budget Nista that when I learn a thing, that is a treat that I have to bring back and split with y'all.
0: Oh, you know, it's so incredible because I feel like I'm in a similar place. So we started estate planning like midway through last year and mm-hmm. we're almost done with it. And it's a process. It and Drew, like we would sit down and we'd have to have conversations. Like if something happens to us, if mm-hmm. we're incapacitated, if yes. you know something happens to our child. And to me, it's so empowering to yes. have those conversations mm-hmm. because I feel peace in knowing What happens after? Yes. And it's also been crazy because my mom just recently retired after 30 years of teaching nursing and. Now they're working on their will. Like we pushed them to get yeah. their crap together. And it's crazy when you look at the generational differences yeah. because it's like, you know, we're half your age and and we're already working towards this just to know. What would you say for people that feel like they're behind? Because I feel like a lot of people mm-hmm. listening might be like, oh shoot, I missed it or "I'm now I'm embarrassed to go in. It's like when mm-hmm. you go to the nail salon and you're <laughs> like, I'm so sorry, it's been a while. <laughs>
1: Oh, your roots are grown out. You're like, don't judge me. No, don't. <laughs> that This is what I say, because I started late. I honestly yeah. did not start. Other than like growing the business, I didn't start any of the financial wholeness stuff until after 35. Okay, You know, I was still just in the zone of like growth, 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 growth. Yes. So I, and I know some people are like, well, I'm 50. Well, here's the thing. Starting is starting is starting. And what I found is that no matter when you start, you know, you might actually complete sooner than you think. I, So many people never get to where they're going because they just never get up, right? So like, think about like, so I live in Jersey, totally way on the East Coast. And let's just say I was coming to California, right? And I said, I'm sitting on the couch. So I'm like, I'd really love to drive to California. But I'm like, ah, oh, you know, when I get in the car, I'm not even sure because it's dark and my headlights only shine like 60 feet in front of me. That's not far enough. You know, California is say like, I don't know, pretend like 800 miles or whatever, right? And so I just never get in the car because I say to myself, I'm never going to be able to see the whole way. I'm not going to start. That's what so many of us do. And that I've done that until one day I say, okay, I'm going to get in the car. I'm going to turn it on and I'm just going to drive. If I could just see 60 feet, I'm just going to do the 60 feet. But Jenna, what happens when you do the 60 feet? What's miraculous is that the next 60 feet is revealed and that is how life works. Because then all of a sudden, then you close that gap, then the next 60 feet, and then you close that gap that very rarely do we get to see all the way through. So you might be 50, you might be 40, you might be 60. But if you will just take a step, I promise you once you complete that step, I have yet to ever see that the next step is not revealed. Sometimes the next step is a Google search. Sometimes the next step is posting on social. Does anybody know a financial advisor? That's literally what I did, yes. right? So sometimes the next step is interviewing the financial advisor, honestly I had been avoiding looking for a financial advisor for like six years because I had a, a couple that just weren't a fit so finally I had my back was against the wall I had too much money in savings I knew I was losing a ton because I I wasn't investing I was too scared to I wasn't yep. putting aside for rhyme retirement because I was too scared to and I said Tiffany, you have to do something. So literally my first get in the car and turn on the lights was just a literally post on my Facebook page. Does anybody know a financial advisor? I need you. <laughs> yeah, so and then people <laughs> were posting. And then yeah. literally the next step after that, I was like, well, how am I going to be able to compare apples to apples? You know what? I'm gonna create like this sheet that I call my so-called financial life. I'm totally dating myself because remember that that show <laughs> I love with Claire Danes and Jared Leto, my so-called nice. my, my so-called life. It was on MTV oh. from some of y'all that are too young to remember. <laughs> and so I literally have this sheet called my so-called financial life. I put this in the book, Get It with Money. I give you my sheet and I just started to fill out all things about my husband and, and our financial life. So that way when I spoke with financial advisors, it wasn't something I would forget to say. So yes. it was all there. So that I would keep notes mm-hmm. like, okay, and spoke to person one, two, I interviewed 20 of them. That was the next step. Wow. Then the next step was reveal because I interviewed mm-hmm. 20 of them and I'm a, kind of a handful financially. It's like the doctor <laughs> going to a doctor. You're like, yes. really? But what about my hipolubin?
0: Yeah. Huh? <laughs> so, I didn't sign that waiver. <laughs> right?
1: And so, but what I found was of the 24 of them said, you know what, Tiffany, you should actually speak to this woman named Anjali, she's amazing. Yeah. I was like, and she wasn't on my list. I was like, Anjali, I don't have her on my list. They yeah. were like, mm, you're a lot. I think Anjali could manage you. Oh and gosh. so I yeah. interviewed Anjali, was person number 21. And she was indeed perfect for me wow. and what I was looking for and what I needed and how fearful I was and how I wanted to hold on to every ounce of control and how chill she was. And she was like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Everybody else was basically like, no. Tiffany. And I was like, you couldn't pull, pry my finances away from my cold, dead hands. Right. I was like, no, but Anjali was like, you can keep it. Let's just do this little tweak on the side and this other little tweak. And now I'm like, Anjali, take it all, you know, but that, but do you see how the steps were revealed? And so that's what I encourage. If you're feeling like I started too late. No, the only thing I worry about is if you don't start. start. Yeah. It's never too late. If you are here and you can hear my voice and you can hear yes. Jenna's voice, it's never too late because you're still here. Too yeah. late is you're not here anymore. But yeah. if you can hear us, it's never too late. The fearful part is if just not starting. Get in the car, turn the headlights, close that gap, Google search, social media posts, get it with money. <laughs> a book, right? right? Or whatever that looks like, close the gap and, and the other steps will be revealed. And one thing I do know that I have seen is that As you move toward your goal, you never, ever have to drive the whole way. Somehow, California meets you on the way there. Yeah. You know? Like the kids say, keep that same energy. Like, So, like, the more aggressive you are, the more aggressive your goal is working towards you. When you slow down, your goal's like, me too. When you pick it up, your goal's like, me too. So that's what's so amazing about goals. They want to meet you. And so if you start, your goal starts too.
0: Well, and I think such a natural place for people to start is with your book Mm -hmm. to gain the knowledge around these topics. So you don't feel like you're going on a blind date and not knowing the right questions to ask because, you know, I think it's just so intimidating for people. And I think so much of our relationship with money is, is a lot of things that we were taught and learned and experienced through our lives. And one thing that I found super helpful this last year Is that all of my financial things were almost operating in silos? Mm -hmm. So it was like my accountant was never talking to my financial planner. My financial planner was never talking about trust. My trust person was never talking to my attorney. Mm -hmm. And getting your team, kind of like what you're talking about, all together and on the same page. Like at first, I was terrified, but watching people's ability to be experts and teamwork. Mm all for the common goal yes. has been incredible. And it's like, no one as a, as an entrepreneur ever said, like, get people working together. Yes. Like it was just all silos that I was yes. trying to
1: manage on my own, you know? No, it's so important. Cause I look like Anjali and my personal CPA, Carlos are like BFFs. She's like, well, yes. what did Carlos say? You yes. know? And then I have a CFO, Shanta. So now she's joined the mix, but then my attorney, Tony, so now she's joined yeah. Then I have a, a, like um insurance agent, David. Now he's joined the mix. And yes. so that is so important because there are things I forget. So mm-hmm. like I will be talking to Anjali and sometimes the three of us or some of us will be on the phone and Carl's like, Tiffany, you didn't tell Anjali that you just purchased this, you know, this investment property. I'm like, oh yeah, that part. I've heard you about know? that. <laughs> But it's almost like being like you ever have like the parent teacher conferences. It's like all the teachers are kind of meeting to discuss like what's going to be best for you. Like what's your best educational plan? And that's amazing because they will see things in you that you might have missed. There are some professional, you know, expertise that you might not realize you might not think is a big deal that Carlos might mention. And Anjali is like, oh, I'm picking up what you're putting down. You're right. There's a new law that's in place that Tiffany can benefit from. So yes, like not going in alone is one of the best things that you can possibly do. And even if you're like, you're listening now, you're like, well, I don't have the money to hire a financial professional. I, you know, I'm not there yet. And that's okay. At the very least, I tell people in the book that at the very least on your money team should be an accountability partner. That's not a financial expert. That's just a safe space to share your financial goals, dreams, updates. They provide accountability. They provide encouragement. They help to normalize the process because they should be working toward their finances too. And most importantly, they provide a space for you to release the shame. If you're anything like I was, when I messed up financially, I was filled with so much shame. And I didn't realize just how detrimental that emotion is. It's like one of the most dangerous emotions because shame isolates you because it grows in isolation. shame silences you because it grows in silence shame keeps you in darkness shame will tell you jenna something's wrong with you not hey there was a mistake that was made it's your mistake not you made a mistake shame is a liar and it is a terrible place to live but the only antidote to shame is voice You have to give voice to the thing that you're feeling ashamed about, but you need to do so in a safe space. So I teach you how to find an accountability partner to give voice to your shame so you can release it. Because when you're in shame, it it shields you from all solutions. And so like it just like I could just remember, like I was literally feeling like, oh, my gosh, I remember when I used to just cry silently by myself. Like, I don't want anyone to know that I'm struggling, that I'm not even sure like what I'm going to, how I'm going to pay for food. And if I'm going to make rent, I was renting a room at one time. That's all I could afford. It was 500 bucks a month. And that was a stretch. Yeah, You know, I didn't want to tell my parents because I was like embarrassed. I pretended like everything was okay. I used to go to like outings and events just so I could eat there. And I didn't want to say anything because shame, shame, shame. My parents love me. What? My mom still keeps a deep freezer like there's seven people in the house still. (laughs) I could have easily been like, so love a chicken. (laughs) She would have given it to me. But shame tells you that nobody cares. It's just you. So something that I tell people, and I would love this. So I'm at the budget. These are like Instagram, Twitter, all the places. So I tell people, you know, let me know, like if I'm doing like a live, I say in the comments, if you struggled for the last, or you struggled in the last 12 months financially, maybe you lost a job, Maybe you you lost some income, whatever that struggle, maybe your credit score wasn't what you wanted. If you struggled in the last 12 years financially, type I have in the comments. I always do that because I want the nurses, the mechanics, the doctors, the football players, the teacher, all of a sudden you just yeah. see, I have, I have, ah. And then you just like literally littered. And I'm like, you're not alone. Yes. Give voice to your shame. Look at so many people are struggling. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with you. You're human. You're still learning. You're still growing. It didn't stop when you were a child. So yeah, yeah, give voice to your shame so you can shed that shame.
0: Oh my goodness. Tiffany, what would you say, so if we go back to the boat analogy, Mm -hmm. and I think that a lot of people in this past year realized that there was flaws in their design Mm -hmm. or that they needed a life raft to be sent to them. For people that are sitting in those circumstances, what's a good starting point today or what's something that can help them kind of assess where they're at and Mm -hmm. plan for where they want
1: to go? So if you're like, okay, I have, I don't, I'm not making enough. I'm on unemployment right now. I don't know how long that's going to last. First things first is like, you have to put on your life jacket. And that just means assessing what I like to call your health and safety budget. Yeah, That's what bills must I pay in order to maintain my health, in order to maintain my safety. It took me forever to learn this lesson. And someone told me this, but I didn't want to listen because I was afraid that that means there are going to be some people that you owe that are not going to get it. And you're going to have to be okay with it. You're not going to get it temporarily because you have to maintain your health and safety. So do you have asthma? Make sure you get your inhaler. If like for me, for example, my mortgage, as much as I struggle to pay it, I even withdrew all the money from my retirement account, much to my like disappointment now that I'm, I'm older. But my mortgage was not a health and safety budget bill. You want to know why? Because my parents lived in Jersey 25 minutes away. I could have said, you know what? If I don't pay my mortgage, am I going to be homeless? No, I can go live with my parents and you know what happened? I spent all my money trying to save my condo, lost it anyway and ended up moving back home with my parents but sixty thousand dollars poor because that's what I lost yeah. Yeah. in equity to the home you know so like identifying what your health and safety budget is now anybody else where you have a financial obligation but it's not a health and safety bill to call them and let them know you're experiencing hardship and you're going to be pausing pausing your money to them. No one's going to be like, yay. But even let's just say there was no pandemic. It wasn't quarantine because people are more understanding now. There are going to be people who are going to be like, no, but here's the thing. Like, unless it's a health and safety thing, I'm not, you're not turning off my water because I'm going to try to pay my water. That's a health and safety. Mm-hmm. Thing. You're not going to turn off my electricity because I'm going to pay that. That's health and safety. Like, hey, Verizon, I know you're angry with me, but it's just going to have to pause for now. I'm letting you know, is it going to drop your credit score? Yes. It doesn't take your life. My credit score went from an 802 to a 547 in like a matter of months, like maybe less than a year after I had to finally drop down to my health and safety budget just to secure myself. And now I'm back at 802. I wish I could go back to that Tiffany who was like, my credit score. And it's like, I'm sorry. Do you eat credit scores? Yeah. (laughs) You know, right? You don't. They're not not helping. (laughs) Yes. And, And the thing is, you can go back and get it. It's not forever and ever. So that's what I would say is figure out your health and safety budget. Preserve the money you do have and put it toward making sure that you and your family are okay in your most basic form. Once you secure that, then put your energy toward Learning to earn, right? So that's step five in financial wholeness. If nothing else, we should all know multiple ways to bring income in. You don't have to activate all of them. I'll give you an example. Jenna, when I taught preschool, I used to think to myself like, okay, how can I make extra money? And I could always babysit. And I used to tutor. And I love having those types of kind of side hustles because they're adjacent to what my main hustle is. I didn't have to learn a new skill set, And I got paid more because I had my master's in education. And who doesn't want like... A, an active preschool teacher babysitting. That's like the best, best babysitter ever, right? Because you're like, she's probably going to learn her letters. <laughs> <laughs> you're teaching and you're putting her to bed, right? <laughs> exactly. Right? And so, but what I learned then was like, I didn't always activate it. I yeah. would just sometimes be like, you know what? I don't believe in overworking myself. Well, back then, I mean, these days I feel like I do. <laughs> but that's another, that's, that's a story for my therapist, right? But I, I told myself, I at least knew what those things were how to go get them, and if I needed that extra income. That's what I learned that like you have to have, after you secure yourself, really start to explore ways, how can I increase income into my life? Are there skill sets, latent skill sets that I have? I'll give you an example. My sister used to work for this big financial company, hated it, really loved clothes, used to style me, we used to be a buyer. She just wasn't like, it just wasn't clicking. And I told her, I'm like, you know, you have other really like awesome latent skills. And she's like, well, because she has her MBA in marketing. She has her her degree, her her bachelor's in finance. And she thought those were kind of like her skills. And, but here's the thing. Sometimes you have like a skill before the skill. If you were to ask yeah. the rest of the sisters, like what is Tracy really good at? I'm like, she is the most organized person you will ever meet in your life. She's like my dad. I mean, Home edit, they stole her jam because that is Tracy in all aspects of her life. She was in third grade with briefcase to school. A briefcase in third grade because she liked the filing system. I love this. Right? But at the time I was looking for when when she was realizing she didn't want to be a buyer. And she was like, you know, styling me for certain TV shows and things. My publicist at the time, she decided to do something different. And I wanted to bring a publicist in-house. And I said, well, while I look for one, can you just help? She's like, girl, I don't don't know how to be a publicist. I'm like, well, like a lot of stuff comes to me already. I just need you to like organize it, reach out, you know, keep records. Because of her skill set before the skill set, which is she's highly, highly organized and responsible when I tell you, Jenna, the type of press that I've been able to secure as a result, because it's just about following up, keeping a spreadsheet, following up, keeping a spreadsheet, scheduling, scheduling. I have been on Good Morning America, Today Show. I mean, some of the biggest press that I've ever, GQ, Cosmopolitan, inside I've never gotten stuff like that before. And now, and at first she's like, well, that's just you. I was like, I don't think so. She helped a friend of mine. And now she has a full-fledged agency that she that's built during amazing. quarantine. Six different clients now. And she's wow. been rocking out because she got to identify a skill set that she was able to use and apply in a different arena and industry. So I encourage that for you. Yes. You might be listening and saying, OK, my industry is kind of a dying industry, but there's a skill set you bring to the table. It might not be so obvious, you know, yes. but asking family and friends, what am I good at? And then asking yourself, can I monetize this thing that they're sharing, if not push it to the side, is there anything else I'm able to? to monetize. You know, like for me, teaching is always my go to when I'm looking and monetizing something. Because I yeah. know that's like something I've truly, truly enjoy. But I also know that I'm really personable, you know? So I can monetize like what what are ways I can monetize my my personality? You know, can I you know, folks have like a family and friends that they can't go pre-pandemic, couldn't go visit and see. Could I be someone that's like, I could check up, like I'm like, check up on your com, and I can go and sit with grandma and listen to her stories Yay. and make her laugh. And you pay me because you live in another state. Do you yes. see how you can lean into yes. those things? My friend Linda was a social worker and it was just really hard on her. But what she was really good at was advocating. So anytime somebody had any sort of issue, I used to be like, hey, Linda, you know, they call the insurance company. They said that they can't get that. She's like, "What? that's not true. Because as a social worker, she would do this for yep. the children on top of other things. And she liked the advocating because she hated that, like for people to be taken advantage of. And now she does this thing called on-call advocacy where you can call Linda. She has gotten people ramps. To, so they can get up to their house and they're in a wheelchair. She's gotten people. Did you know that the state will have will pick you up and, and take you to doctor's appointments? They'll send people to clean your homes. Linda has organized all of these things for folks uh, who might not otherwise know they could have access because at the end of the day, although she's a social worker, Linda's latent skill set was advocacy. And so you had that in you, I promise. Linda didn't see it, I had to share that. Tracy didn't see it. My sisters had to share that. So there's something in you too. I promise.
0: That is so powerful. And I feel like sometimes pride and ego gets in the way of uncovering that like unconscious competence Mm -hmm. that can become the thing. And I think you know, one of the things I've been thinking about so often is, you know, there are seasons where you value money over time. How Mm -hmm. can you trade your time to earn money? Mm -hmm. And then there are seasons when you're able to value your time over Mm -hmm. money. And I feel like entrepreneurship is this constant trade-off of whatever season you're in and what does that look like? And I just think that is such a powerful reminder of like, you have gifts that people mm-hmm. are willing to pay for. And you might need to humble yourself in order to utilize those gifts. But as you uncover that, yes. man,
1: like so much is revealed and so much possibility is revealed. That's the amazing. sky is the limit. I, So many women, especially I find struggle with their finances. And the teacher in me is like, it is not a capability issue. Yes. Like as a teacher, I could spot it right away. I'm like, this child is having a lot of trouble. But there's, you know, they might be struggling with capability. Very few children, honestly, is it a capability issue? Very mm-hmm. few. And if it is, it's likely something that there was something that you already kind of know already. Maybe something happened mm-hmm. at birth, you know, but very, very, very few. What I have found with children, with women, with people who are struggling with their money, it's a confidence issue. Mm-hmm. That only you felt more confident, you, you can do it. And so like, I'm still Miss Tiffany in a classroom that is encouraging the three and four-year-olds. Like, of course you can do it. Well, I don't know. I just, no, you can do it. I've seen you. Mm-hmm. And so you can do it. I know you've had some knockdowns. I know you've fallen off the bike. I know you've tripped a little over your own feet and you're feeling like scared. And I've been there too. But the truth of the matter is you can do it. Now, just because we don't get it right the first time, since when was that the human way? I'm sorry. How many times did you fall before you walk? Oh, that's right. Imagine if like the first (laughs) time you started walking, you were like, well, guess I'll be on the floor. You'd be 35 years old on the floor right now. Like, yeah, I decided no walking for me, (laughs) you know, or like the first time that you tried to do your hair. It's so funny that, right. Imagine, like, I remember trying to figure out like in high school, like maybe, maybe I'll get a perm No, maybe I'll be natural. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll do braids. Maybe I'll do, Right. But I kept with it until I was like, I am going to find the right hairstyle for me. And here I am. So how dare I put more effort into finding the perfect hairstyle for myself than I was willing to find a financial advisor? Because that's what I was doing. Yeah. I was like, yeah. too much work to find a financial advisor. Oh, really, Tiffany? Because you spent 20 years looking for the perfect hairstyle. <laughs> right? You it spent 20 years, thinking- that one. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, over 20 years getting the perfect skin routine down, yes. you know. And so yes. like I'm just it's not meant to happen. At the first try, because it's in the trying and the falling that you do the learning. That's why you're not doing anything wrong. I didn't get it right. Yes, you weren't supposed to, because if you got it right the first time, it's likely an accident and cannot recreate it. You know, that you have to fall to know like, oh, that's what I did wrong. Oh, I get it. Okay. Not that either. Oh, okay. i not that either. And then you're like, I'm very clear on what it is and what it isn't. Because I've gotten to see both sides. So I no longer wish for life to go as smooth and as easy as possible because there is no learning in that. There's no way. I look back now and I'm like, oh my goodness. Like when we hit eight figures, I was like, oh, that's why that happened 10 years ago. Yes. Because that lesson, I'm like, I'm pulling it out from the past. Like Tiffany, remember that lesson that had you crying for two weeks straight? (laughs) Yeah, girl, you're using it now. (laughs) You know, you're using it now. Like whether sometimes a lesson is like, I literally had to mature internally as a person to handle entrepreneurship. I can remember like I was launching something big and my website went down. It was like, it was supposed to launch at 6am. Everybody was going to be lining up and it was 5am and I pressed the button and my screen went black. And I was like, wait, I thought it was my computer. I restarted it. It was my website. Checked my phone. It was my website. I honestly was like, I think I'm going to die on the inside. Like, I felt like I fell off a roof and I was just falling. And I remember at the time I was using like Gold Daddy, and I called that poor man who answered. I was crying. I was like, not all gone." and he was like, we have this thing called turn back the hands of time or something where basically you can be like, make my website what it was 20 minutes ago. I was like, Wait, you yes. you? and he was like, yeah, he's like, he like led me through. I went in and he was like, what time do you want to make it? I was like, well, it was good at 3 a.m. He's like, okay, let's turn it back to 3 a.m. on this date. And it was back God up. Was I was like, oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Yet. But hey. at that time, it seemed so devastating until yes. fast forward eight years later, I was doing something on my website and we were about to launch. And I pressed something and my website went black. And there was way more money on the line. Yep. And I didn't freak out because I yep. remembered turn back the hands of time. And I was just like, no problem. Let me go back in the back end, set the website to where it was a few hours ago. But had that not happened, then I would not be where I am now. I want the $5, the $10, the $50, the $500 mistakes so I don't make the $500,000 mistakes. So lean into those challenges and be grateful because they are preparing you for greatness.
0: Mm, Oh my gosh. Okay, Tiffany, tell us in 30 seconds or less why everyone needs to get their hands on Get Good With Money, which comes out tomorrow, but you can pre-order it today. If you are ready, get on
1: it, get it today. You should get Get Good With Money because I'm going to show you the 10 steps to financial homeless and it's going to lead you to your greatest good, your biggest life, and your biggest benefit, and your richest life. Get Good With Money is... It is the antidote to financial freedom because financial freedom is just for a few and financial wholeness is for everyone.
0: So where can everybody connect with you, get to know you, follow this book launch, get the
1: book, give us all of the places. So I'm the budget nista on all the social platforms. I'm even on TikTok, although Alyssa, my my stepdaughter, is like, "Girl, I'm not teaching you how to TikTok," but whatever, <laughs> right? So no budget no t- dance moves there. I okay, like, got it. I was like, "What am I paying twenty dollars?" She's like, "No." Nah. So I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter as the budget nista. Facebook, YouTube, every place as as the budget nista. And if you want to pre-order the book, you can. And if you pre-order, which is really great because after pre-order, I have all these bonuses that come with the pre-order. You can yeah. go to get goodwithmoney.com. Pre-order, get your bonuses before they expire. No, thank you. This has been amazing. I'm
0: so glad you came back on the show. You have been a fan favorite of the gold diggers and I'm sure this is not the end. So congratulations on your book. I'm so excited to get it in my hands and just thank you for the way that you create for everyone. I think it's such a powerful and necessary tool that we all need. So everybody go get your
1: book. Thank you so much, Dana. Thank you, gold
0: diggers. I am so excited to get my hands on Tiffany's book and I sincerely hope and encourage you to grab it too. I think there is so much power in knowledge, in understanding money on a different level and in feeling like you have a plan. I feel like just having that plan takes so much of the fear of the uncertainty out of money and I'm just so grateful that she is teaching from this place that is approachable and for everyone. I love having conversations with guests like Tiffany, and I'm so thankful she came back on the show to share what she's learned since she first came on. And until next time, Gold Diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals and make sure you go check out Tiffany's book. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast.